0: Hello and welcome. Thank you for reserving this hour with me. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and this is Story You Talk Radio. This is where you will discover your voice, and my hope is you will tell your story. So many of the people that come to me and say, I think I have a book in me, are really sharing that they've been on some sort of journey. And they've, they've really faced their fears. They've endured a lot of trial and tribulation. But now they're in that season of triumph. And they really want to support others that they know would be impacted by their book. And my guess is this just might be in you. And even if it's not in the, the level of a book, it's probably in the level of expressing yourself more in the family or at work or with your lover or your child or your next door neighbor or your long lost friend, anyone or about anything. My hope is that by reading, the, by reading, yeah, by reading, by listening each week, you will feel supported. And encouraged to be more expressive and share what that is that is on your mind. You can always look me up at my website, which is www.coachdebbie.com. And that's D-E-B-B-Y You can interact with me on Facebook, even during the show. I have my Facebook Messenger open. And you can go to Debbie Handrich. That's D-E-B-B-Y. Handrich is just like it sounds. H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. Send me a message in Facebook Messenger, and I just might choose it to read on the show. I always offer my best coaching when I receive a question. So I invite you to do that if you're really gutsy. It doesn't really require big guts But I think people feel that way If you're really gutsy, why don't you go ahead and call me The phone number heres two nine eight five five six nine. 298 Yes You'd think I'd know that by now I'm working on it One eight 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 two nine eight five five six nine. 298 The good news is Eric, the engineer, is always right here to bail me out just in case I need help. How are you today, Eric? (laughs) I'm
1: standing by with (laughs) cat-like reflexes, ready to jump in and correct the phone number if you get it wrong. But you got it right, so no worries. I'm doing okay. Thank you.
0: Wonderful. So, everyone, that's the lovely voice you will hear when you call in. Eric will take care of your call and make sure we get to you today. We are a one hour show, and in the Pacific Northwest, we air every Thursdays at 4 p.m. live. You can always catch the replay at iTunes or at Podcast One. And that's all one word Podcast One. And the show again is Story You Talk Radio. I would love to give a lovely, wonderful break to my next sponsor. Who's that going to be? Is that going to be you? Do you have a wonderful business out there that you're thinking, gosh, my business has a bit of a story. In fact, it's got such a cool story about it. I'd love to be hearing that on the radio when I drive home. If that's you, I encourage you to get in touch with me and let's talk about sponsorship. Right now I am running a special and the first person to get in touch with me will be the winner. All you got to do is contact me on Facebook Messenger or go to my website com and just go straight over to the page called Connect and we'll be in business. All right. Our topic today something that strikes home for a lot of people that have had writing on their mind for a long time. This, this show is not just for the author, but it is especially for the author. And our topic today is, who am I to write this book? Who am I to write this book? This might be one of the biggest questions that floats around in the subconscious, until it becomes conscious. Nearly every single intake form I have, have offered to clients, nearly every single early coaching session, nearly every single early interview, the person sitting across from me has said, but am I the person to write this book? I mean, who am I to think I could write this book? Do you think somebody else could write a better book about that? Maybe I shouldn't write this book. It's kind of what the mind does. It plays this jumping jacks game. It really can't wrestle with the idea that I am the person to write my book. Hence, we now have a lot of ghostwriters. These are the people that sit down and take as much of your information as possible. They go into the background and do extra research and they do the actual writing for you. It's not a bad profession. In fact, they make a good bit of money. The question though is why would that be a better choice than you choosing to be the writer? So let's think about this for a minute. Are you the right person to write your book? Let's come down to a level that might interact with more of your everyday life for a minute. Are you the person to write a love letter to your wife? Or would you rather have the guy in the next cubicle do it? Would you rather farm that out and say, Listen, I'm not really good with words, but if you'll write a love letter to my wife you know, make it sound like me, I'll take you to lunch. Does that really sound like what you want to do? Let's try something else. Let's say, uh, let's say your son is thinking about going into the military. And he lives a few states away. You haven't seen him. But you had your own experience in the military, whether it was positive or negative, And You want to make sure he knows about that. Are you going to farm that out? Are you going to have somebody else write that letter? Or are you going to answer the calling of your heart and make sure that letter comes straight from you? Let's say it's election time. Maybe you haven't been so happy the last... Four, five, six, seven, eight years. It can happen sometimes when your choice person is not in the office. Do you want the person next door writing that letter? Do you want the person down the street being your voice? Do you want your partner doing it? Some of us do. And usually it's because we think they know us well. And they'll say it great. And we'll be off the hook. I understand that temptation. It's a great place to start, to thinking about how you might farm off your writing. But let me tell you, by coming back to that love letter, your, your honey wants the letter from you. Absolutely. Not the one from the guy next door. No, 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 no. Your honey wants the letter that you put your time into and your heart into. Your son wants that advice and that story from you and from your experience. Could be a good joke later on to say, guess who wrote that? Ha, ha, ha. But my guess is, all the while, you were wishing that it came from you. I got the most beautiful, beautiful birthday card once from a man who says he is short on words. It was one of the sweetest cards I've ever received. It was three lines of writing. But it included, I'm so happy seeing your face every day. Yours is the one I love to come home to. It's my all-time favorite card. And I was married to a prolific writer for years, and he wrote beautiful, beautiful poetry. But you know, this one, this birthday card that came from a man who right out of the gate just said, I'm not so good with words. He said the most beautiful thing to me in a card, just three lines of text. And it's so lovely that I carry it around in my mind. It made my day it made my year and still years later when I think about it I can't help but just smile and feel something in my heart why because it came straight from his now think about that book isn't that book coming straight from your heart isn't that where we write from You might think, no, 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 no. It's coming right out of my studies. I studied for years so I could write this book. Yeah, you did. But you're also the author. You're also the one that's investing in your message. So it's coming from your heart. What about the fact that You went through a big journey, some kind of story to create this book, to even just create the thought behind the book. My guess is you want to be the one to tell it. The number one reason people don't write their book, let alone start writing their book, do you know what it is? Do you know what it is, Eric? Do you have any idea? The number one reason that people don't start writing their book.
1: Uh, I'm going to guess they don't feel motivated enough.
0: That's a really good guess. But no. Do you have a second one?
1: Um, They're drawn a blank when they sit in front of a computer or a typewriter.
0: That's, That's even closer. Good job. They, they do. They get afraid of the blank page and the message that comes to people. First one that people over and over again admit to is this won't pay off. Mm-hmm. Why should I even start? This just won't pay off. And they get up and go boogie boarding or whatever <laughs> else, you know. They find something, anything, anything else to do. At least that
1: sounds like fun.
0: I know, I know, but I have, I've even gotten up and vacuumed, you know. I, I've gotten up and taken out the trash. I've gotten up and, and done things that were far less worthy of writing a book because the subconscious can just grab a hold of this thought that it won't pay off. And why invest any time at all? Why even start? if it's not going to pay off. Well, where does that voice originate from? Here's a harder question, and I'm just going to go ahead and offer up the answer. That voice originates from not our soul, not our higher consciousness, not our intuition, not our loved ones, but from our ego. And our superego, that part of us that is always trying to do the best job in the world, the greatest job in the world, the job better than the job that the guy next door did. It's that part of us that thinks, "Mm, I better not take this on because mine won't be the best. And if it's not going to be the best, and it's not going to be really good, and it's not going to make me money, and it's not going to make my brand stellar and shiny, I'm just not even going to start. So you might want to ask me how I relate to this topic.
1: (laughs) How do you relate to this topic? Yeah,
0: isn't that a good question? How do I relate to this topic? Gee, I've been dabbling with writing since I was 10 years old. And I got pretty serious about a topic when very early 20s, very early 20s. I got the idea that even though I was a young person, I had an interesting biography. If you just looked at my childhood and I thought about the idea of writing it. And as I got older, I thought, you know, maybe I really do have a, a memoir here. But ask me if it's done.
1: Is your memoir done? Nope.
0: (laughs) It ain't done. And there's been a lot, a lot of hours in front of that computer. There's been a lot of hours on the porch with a notebook. There's been hours crying into the phone to my mother, my best friend. But it ain't done. And you know what? This is the year I'm going to finish that book. I've made up my mind. Why? Because I understand I am the person to write this book. And it took 53 years to really honor that and accept that and step into that. But I'm ready and I'm going. Well,
1: I bet you got a lot more material with that time reams. Yes. (laughs) Reams
0: of material. I certainly, certainly do. So there's some kind of upside to it, I guess, right? There is always the upside to procrastination. We just don't want to admit it. We want to stay in that realm that procrastination is just a bad and wicked thing. But honestly, if I had been writing my book the last few years in that really committed, disciplined manner, I wouldn't have been helping some others write their book. And by helping others... I really found the courage to write my own. So I'm in a win-win right now. And I would love to invite the rest of you to think about the win-win you could get yourself into. We are coming up on our first break here, but we are going to come right back and talk more about why you are the person to write your book.
2: sarcoma odds are you've never heard that word before but for the 40 people diagnosed with sarcoma every day it is a life-changing word life-changing and devastating because sarcoma is cancer sarcoma is a cancer of bone and soft tissue more prevalent in children than in adults more than 6,000 people lose their lives to sarcoma each year treatment options for sarcoma are limited and new therapies are desperately needed More research and increased awareness is necessary to find a cure for a cancer that you probably didn't even know existed until now. Through awareness, advocacy, and research, the Sarcoma Foundation of America is determined to help those affected by this forgotten cancer. To bring hope to the children and adults whose lives are forever changed by a word they had never heard before. Please help us in the fight to find the cure for sarcoma. For more information on sarcoma and the work of the Sarcoma Foundation of America, please go to CureSarcoma.org.
1: Some people know a good thing when they hear it. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Welcome back to Story U Talk Radio. I am your host, Coach Debbie. I'm based here in the Seattle area on KKNW, 1150 a.m. And I want to thank those of you who have subscribed to iTunes or Podcast One and maybe catching the replay. We are listening uh, to this idea that rumbles around in the mind that says, I might not be the person to write my book. How do I deal with these fears around writing my book? Some of you have really decided that this is a topic that uh, speaks true in your own life, whether it's your book, whether it's a letter to your congressman, whether it's the letter to your son, to your daughter, to your your love, whoever it's for. You are the person to do the writing. You are. And I want to thank the people that are typing in and telling me that they are listening live. Thank you, Joni. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Jeff. Nicole. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Nikki and Troy. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Jennifer. And thank you, Kristen. I really appreciate that. That, that warmed my heart when I looked on Facebook and, and saw the messengers that said, I'm here with you. I'm live. That's wonderful. Now take the next step and send a question. Yeah, what's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? Here's from a poll of mine. I recently did a workshop where we talked about this idea that there are books out there in the world that if they hadn't been written we in the workshop, we didn't think we'd be the same person. And they were all written by the storyteller. Uh, some of these entries got a little bit creative, but just see here if you relate. Um, My question was, name a book that you loved that you know was written by the, the author that wasn't ghostwritten. So, Sometimes when we love a famous, um, like a musician, it's hard to know, you know, did they write it? Because one day they won the Grammy Award and two days later their book's out. Did they really write that? Really? Uh, So here's some books that really, really, really were written by the person who authored the ideas and made a big change. So one person said, does this count? One of my very favorite books is by Julia Child called The Way to Cook. Now me, being someone who used to put a lot of time and energy into cooking, I said, yes, that counts. Are you kidding me? I join forces with you. I would not be the same person if it had not been for Julia Child. And I can't say I know all her books, but I can say, I know this one, The Way to Cook. Do the rest of you? It's kind of like a narrative. She really talks through the experience of each recipe. And she helps you even shop. It's an outstanding book. She authored the whole thing. I am so glad she did. My friend Wade, when I asked him, Name a book that you loved? He said, I can't name any of them by title except The Cat in the Hat, but anything that Dr. Seuss did was life-changing for me as a child. You know, right away, once again, I related. I not only was impressed by Dr. Seuss and his writing, guess what I got to do? I went to his house. I am not kidding. When I was a little kid, I was in special learning classes for the visually impaired. And, you know, when you're a special kid, you get to do special things. And one of those things was we all piled into a school bus and we went to Dr. Seuss's house in La Jolla. And guess what? He had his gardener make all of his ferns and and bushes into the shapes of his characters. (laughs) So you knew right away that you were at his house. Uh, I loved the way he talked. He talked silly. He talked like a kid. You knew he understood you. I loved Dr. Seuss. And when Wade said, you know, the cat in the hat is the only one I can remember by title, but... And I want to get what he said correct here. But it was life-changing to feel like I was seen through that wild and wacky language. Thank you for that, Wade. I really, I really relate to that, the wild and wacky language. Who would we be if we had never read Dr. Seuss? What would the world of cooking be without Julia Child writing her book, writing her stories, embedding them into recipes. Another woman, this comes from Nicole, she said there's a book called Spirit Junkie that was written by Gabrielle Bernstein that kicked off her journey of following Gabrielle Bernstein. And again, someone that I'm quite familiar with and I know that Gabrielle Bernstein used the writing of her book to support her platform and her brand and her speeches. She is open and very honest about the fact that she just spoke from her heart. She says, my education is not formal when it comes to writing. In fact, if anything, it's quite informal. It sounds just the way I speak. And yet, that did not get in her way. And it shouldn't get into the way of anyone. Everyone has the right to be the author of their book. Even when this question keeps spinning who am I to write my book? Let's go now to Facebook where we are getting some questions. And let's see who we've got on deck first. Uh, I'm going to go to Joni. And Joni, did you tell me where you live? Uh, It doesn't look like it. Okay. Uh, Joni has written in and says, thank you for this topic. Have you ever heard of the imposter syndrome? Well, I am riddled with it. I am currently in a program at the University of Washington, and I feel like every day as I'm having my breakfast, I should just walk straight to campus and drop the darn class. Um, Joni, I'm just going to edit out the um, fancy language you have here. Okay, I know what you're saying. Drop the darn class. I understand. Uh, I can understand being as angry as your emojis are suggesting as well. You know, the imposter syndrome is something that all walks of life, all career paths, we all fear this idea that we're not the one. We talk about it a lot when it comes down to writing and authoring because we're not used to carrying such a big title. I mean, think about the word author. This, this comes right out of uh, the Greek language. Um, the word authority is the person who designs, the author. So is it our right to do that? If we're not sure, we're going to feel like an imposter. Joni goes on to say, even though I feel racked with guilt around the idea that I might not finish this degree, there is also this quiet and playful person who comes out in the middle of the night. She wants to write. And in fact, that's when I do most of my writing. She wants to be published. She isn't afraid to be published. So why can't I spend more time with her? Do you understand that when I say her, I'm really speaking of myself? Yes, I do understand. Um, Joni, this is beautiful. So I, let's see, let me take you on a little journey here. You, you have a soul. Who feels free at night to be expressive? So you're doing the right thing. You're honoring her. You're getting up and spending time with her, and you're letting her write. And you're letting her express to you that being published sounds fun. It sounds just as fun as getting up and writing. So what you're going to want to do is let her have at that page. Because at some point, she's going to feel stronger than that part of you that was full of cuss words and emojis that wants to drop out of her UW program, University of Washington program. I I understand that feeling. Uh, I went to college for 11 years, Mm-hmm. 11, and part of the reason is because every now and then I had to take a break. I was, I was exhausted. I was inundated by the idea that I had to graduate and be something, and I think that's what writers go through. Again, even if it's just about writing to the congressman or the person you're sharing a bed with, there is this thought that, I can't do it. I can't say it. How many times have we even just found ourselves where, where we say, the cat's got our tongue. We're standing in front of someone we want to speak to and nothing's coming out. Joni, I want to encourage you to keep spending time with this gal this soul of yours that gets up in the middle of the night to be expressive. She's your real self. She doesn't, oh, she doesn't entertain the realm of promoting her brand, of having 100,000 followers. She's young and lively and happy. And by starting there, you're really connecting with your heart and your truest message and as you keep going I want you to enlist those that can reflect back that that part of you that's in school that's studying that part of you has a voice as well I don't know if you know this about me Joni but I was an instructor for community college for over 20 years and I was completely in love with my students Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't completely in love with my job, and it was around this. There were things I had to write that I had to research and publish, and to be honest, I hated that. I, I wanted to just be with my students. I wanted to be their number one coach. I wanted to help them see the gifts that they had. But when I was alone and at my computer and it was time for me to do a press release for our literary magazine or something of that nature, I would just sit there like all of the students I was helping and I would look at the computer and think, I got to get out of here. (laughs) I got to run away. And I would find just about anything else to do if you caught the first segment of the show, I admitted to doing my vacuuming whenever I had something important to do. I can remember even taking out the trash in the middle of the night, and we're not talking about, you know, a, a benign route to the big old back of the building dumpster. Oh no, I had to risk my life in the dark and down through the boiler room and everything, but all of a sudden my mind said, You had best take out the trash right now. And it's because it got me out of writing. (laughs) If only for eight minutes or so, it got me out of that. And that's the imposter syndrome. That's exactly what you're talking about. This fear that I'm not the one. I can't do this. And the way we really, really work with that fear is at some point, after letting the more creative side get up and be rambunctious and write and be free, we realize that part of us that looks at the blank page needs our love. That part of us needs us, the stronger part, to throw our arms around her and be compassionate and say, you know what? We're not going to publish this the first draft out. Just take your time. Just be kind. Just see what you have to say. It's a draft. You can always change it. Always. So think about that, Joni. Think about that, my other dear listeners. We are ready for our second break here, but we have one more segment of the show. So if you're thinking about writing in, Please do so at Facebook Messenger or BeGutsy and call 188-298-5569. We'll be right back.
1: If you talk, they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how and we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. So talk, they hear you. You can do it if you try. Alternative Talk 1150, talk radio for the body, mind, and soul.
0: Welcome back to Story U Talk Radio. If you're just tuning in, we are talking about who am I to write this book? Who am I to do this? The whole idea that it's too scary. I'm not even going to start. I think I'll run and hide. But, you know, if you start reflecting and writing down your book, you're going to have three benefits that I go into a lot of detail about in my mastermind class and in my evergreen program. The mastermind class is up for offer right now. If you are listening to this show, whether it is live or replay, all you have to do when you go to my website and you decide to apply for that. All you have to do is type in the code word radio show. That's it. At the bottom of the the application, type in radio show, and I will give you 15% off. There are three benefits that we talk about in depth in that mastermind group. And I should also say a mastermind group is just an intensive study on subjects. So it is this intensive study about getting ready to write your book. Three benefits to reflecting on your topic is that you become available to your own growth. Another is that it helps you develop new habits and practices. And another is when you are the writer you become more and more and more available to the conversations of your everyday life. So like I said, those are just three topics on offer in my mastermind class available right now at com, And I would love to hear from you. Uh, Some other books that people have said were really inspiring to them, and we just want to give homage to this because if they hadn't been written, we might not be the same people. Same goes for your book. If you don't write that book, there are others out there that won't be shaped and influenced the way their life journey means for them to be shaped and influenced. Down in Tacoma, we have Tim writing in that says, uh, a book that meant the most to me was S.E. Hinton's books because I related to them so much. Now, I'm remembering the title Outsiders. Is that right? I think it's right, S.E. Hinton. I didn't have time to Google it to double check. (laughs) But if it's Outsiders, I I just want to say, I think I read that book three times. I related to it so much this idea of the rebel on the inside and living on the outside. And the idea of trying not to get caught, but also that idea of kind of being brought to your knees. Uh, Tim also offers up this book, Where the Red Fern Grows. Ooh, was that a book for guys? Because I was always in those foofy girls books. But I'm thinking, I might have read this one. So does it go back to like a, was it like a coming of age story? Boys and dogs and getting lost? I can't remember. But if it was, if it was in that genre of, of trying to come into your own, of finding yourself that, again, is a great, great story about voice and figuring out how we belong. And even the notion, I, I'm, I'm thinking, of what it means to be lost and then found. Really, really impressive books. Um, oh, and then Tim adds, um, it was an escape from my life. And, and, you know, that is such a good reason that young people would read was for that escape. I mean, think back before we even knew the term Xbox, right? Xbox is a fabulous escape. But, oh, do I remember the really, really rich experience of being in a book, And knowing that at that moment, I'm not being bullied. At that moment, even if I was restricted or grounded, I felt a certain amount of freedom. At that moment, under the covers with the flashlight on the book, I was being rebellious and not getting caught. But I was deep in some story. And usually this story was about me. Even though it was really about you know, Lassie, (laughs) or it was really about a chef, or really about gang members. It was always about us, wasn't it? It was always about what our mind was doing to us, or what was happening at school, or what was happening in our fearful thoughts. These authors, S.E. Hinton, Truly, truly a narrator of his time, was, was in the voice of that late teen, captured the dialogue that for, for us, the reader, we are transfixed by that. Why? Because we feel like they're right there with us. As I was leaving Bellevue Square today and coming to Factoria to do the radio show, um, I was leaving my client, Sean, who is a bodybuilder. And he's working on his book, The Gift of Addiction. It's a beautiful book, and it will be in print this summer. And one of the things about this book that I think is so incredibly important, is that with my coaching help, he made the decision to not hire a full-time ghostwriter and to not lean into the fears that his his education is not degreed and formal like so many that, you know, have all those letters and numbers after their names. He's a bodybuilder. He doesn't have an MFA in writing, but what does he have? An incredible story, one that so many people that have walked through addiction will relate to. He is an excellent teacher of recovery, but what makes his his book so potent is that he wrote it. He is the author of it. Now, I just realized I might have made it sound like I'm saying you shouldn't have a ghostwriter. And I don't mean to say that. I just mean to say, if that's the route you go, don't allow yourself to think that you have no business writing your book. Allow yourself the privilege of a ghostwriter if it's about time, if it's about I really want to pay someone to have this done in 12 weeks. Or I really want to get this off my back and send in all these interviews and have it managed. Certainly, that is a great route to go. But if it's been a dream of yours to do the telling, to be the one that shares, to be the author of your book. Don't let yourself miss that because of this nagging question of who am I to do this. Everyone that has published a book had days in their life when they weren't published, right? There was a time when Dr. Seuss was unknown. He wasn't published, but you know what? He might've been writing downstairs, down there in his basement, sketching out characters. He might've been doing that, but he wasn't yet published. He wasn't yet making that impact that child after child experienced. One of my favorite things to do since I'm not a mom and I'm not an aunt well, I am an aunt. I'm a pseudo aunt. I'm just not by blood. I love, 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 love to babysit. Hey, I'm on call. Give me a call if you need a really good babysitter because I'm excellent. But it's really exciting when the child leads me to their bookshelf and says, will you read to me? Oh my God. It is just one of the most wonderful experiences to sit and to read with a child. Now remember, the child is not a trained writer, but the child knows what he or she wants to hear. They go right to their favorite book. They take it out and say, will you read this to me? Somebody sat down and wrote that book, and that book came out of their heart, and that child believes it was written for him or for her. Tim says he read S.E. Hinton as an escape and because he related to it. Well, guess what? So did I. Probably in the same year. He's a guy. I'm a girl. He was in trouble. I was a straight A student. No, I'm teasing. I have no idea what Tim's story is. <laughs> but I can tell you that I I did have a very rebellious nature about me. Um, I did get good grades, but it was only to distract from all the shenanigans I was up to. (laughs) And I related to story, to great story. What if S.E. Hinton hadn't sat down to write? I remember Judy Bloom. Judy Bloom wrote some pretty erotic stuff for the average 13-year-old, let me tell you. I can remember one book in particular that our school library didn't carry because it was just a little bit racy for the typical Judy Bloom helping young girls come of age. But once I got a hold of that thing, oof. There was nothing on my calendar except hunkering down with that book all weekend long. Judy Bloom wrote this one book. Um, it was called Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And even though my name is not Margaret, I related 100% to this book, it, it came out at a time where I didn't have a mother living at home with me. And I wanted that very badly. I had a couple of teachers that sort of swooned in and told me some things about growing up. My mother also served as someone who I had phone conversations with and and I received her letters. but remember, I'm fifty three years old. I'm way before the days of the cell phone so I didn't have that sort of access. And I'm not saying Judy Bloom made up for motherhood, but I am saying that she supplemented a little part of my life where I needed to be seen. I needed to be heard, and authors do that. They are always holding in their mind their reader, and what it is the reader needs to hear most. Coming back to you in your everyday life, what is it that your congressman needs to hear? What is it that your boss needs to hear? What is it that your son needs to hear before he enlists? What is it your sweet, lovely honey needs to know from you? You are the person to write, because this is coming straight out of your heart. If you're expanding your brand and your platform, and you're thinking you really just don't have the time to be the one that sits down and does the writing, I understand working with that ghostwriter, sure, I understand, and I don't want to say it's a bad thing not what I'm saying at all I'm just saying don't leave your heart out of this be the person that knows you are the one to tell your story even if you outsource the actual writing know that this is on task for you to share that lovely lovely story All right, I want to just take one quick look here and see if I've got anyone else asking me questions. Monica! Monica, I only got a couple minutes here. What do you say to the busy, busy mom that has three kids on her hips who doesn't have the money to publish her book but knows she has a story? What should I do? These kids make me laugh so hard. I could write about them all day long. Monica, here's my best advice. You go to that smartphone, and you turn on your voice memos, and you record. And you don't let that moment get past you, because someday your heart is going to lead you to your computer or to your notebook, and you're going to want to have that memory so that you can write their story. Thank you for getting that question into me. All right, you've been listening to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I am here every Thursday at four o'clock. And I want to thank you for joining me today. And I want to encourage you to come back and be with me next week. Thank you so much.